And welcome back to our Yes Longevity podcast, where we give you insight on how to get fit, feel younger, and live better. Thanks for coming on board today. We've got just a few things for housekeeping. Number one, we are closed on July 4th. We will be open July 3rd and July 5th for all our normally scheduled sessions. So... Hopefully everybody will get the workouts in before the holiday or right after the holiday. They won't miss out on anything. And second, in July and August, we will be trying out a new little challenge. It's our Run from Burlington to Boston Challenge, where you're going to try to burn as many calories as it would take to run from Burlington to Boston in those two months. And if you do, you get a prize. So just a little way to keep everyone on track during those uh, dog days of summer. Today we're going to talk about plateaus. And for anyone, for most of us who have exercised or tried to create some kind of change in our fitness level, we've experienced a plateau. They're not a whole lot of fun. Um, especially can be frustrating for those who are really following the plan strictly to the point and all of a sudden the brakes are put on it and we no longer get a change in our fitness level. Um, we get a little period of stability. We can't lose any more weight. We can't seem to get any leaner. We can't do any more repetitions. We don't seem to be able to lift any more weight. Well, there are ways to blast through those plateaus and today I'm going to try to give you a little bit of insight on how to do that. So a plateau tendency is to occur during the honeymoon period, a phase in which you work out to so whatever you do, whatever the routine is, just becomes routine. It's no longer stressing the body and it's important to understand the adaptations into adding stress gradually, systematically and progressively in whatever it is that we're trying to accomplish. Your training stimulus ultimately depends on how responsive their cells are to the signals that occur. Well, kind of what that means is your muscles are able to detect all kinds of signals, mechanical, uh, metabolic, neural, hormonal, and they're amplified and transmitted by a little cadences sort of which leads to an event involved in our gene expressions. Signal results in an activation of the transitions or transcript factors, which are in the proteins that bind to specific parts of our DNA and control the transfer of our genes, information to DNA to RNA. In essence, that's what happens. Uh, just a little, a little bit more physiology, not getting too deep into it. Many of our physiological and biological adaptations to training begin with the DNA and the copying of one of its DNA to replicate itself, a replication. And the replication of that occurs all the way down at the protein level is then transported into the nucleus of the cells and the transcription and, and the uh, translation occur of that information and oftentimes we have some changes that occur. Don't want to get too technical with any of that stuff, so I just wanted to brush upon it that it really occurs all the way down at the cellular level, and the body is extremely smart. And um, you know, we need to try to take it sometimes. We need to try to do some things to force it to change when it doesn't want to change anymore. So every single workout, especially with a new client, introduces specific signals 
that activate that transition factors at the DNA level so that when we have repeated workouts, they lead to like inserted accumulation of the messenger RNA molecules that repeatedly over time will reinforce the adaptations that want to occur. So for example, the cardiovascular exercise, the accumulation of proteins is manifested for example, if like we increase the number of mitochondria, the microscopic aerobic factories responsible for aerobic metabolism. So, so kind of what does all that mean? If we do something and we continue to do it over and over again, okay? So in the beginning, we'll experience many signals of responses and subsequent adaptations. However, if we continue training at the same level, that decreases the training specific stimulus or signals, responses involved in the adaptations to our training. So in other words, body kind of gets used to it. For example, let's say you go to the gym and you've been lifting 15-pound dumbbells on Thursdays. You do bench press on Thursdays with 15-pound dumbbells. And then all of a sudden you say, you know, this is starting to get a little bit easy, so I'm going to start to try to do 20s. So every Thursday on 20s, you start to do uh, dumbbell press with 20 pounds. And it's in the beginning that signal is very strong that the body needs to adapt neurally, get the muscle fibers correctly, build more muscle fibers to be able to perform that exercise. But over time, as it sees that same stimulus, you're no longer going to get the same adaptations. It's going to kind of get bored. It's going to stay where it's at. And in essence, you're not going to change anymore. So to become more fit and to continue to see results, you have to gradually and systematically and progressively increase the amount of stress in order to signal, to increase that signaling response and subsequent adaptations. Now, an untrained person, the improvements of physical training are much quicker, even with just modest training. So if a sedentary person who works out with a trainer two, three times a week uh, are going to see some great improvements very quickly. However, as that kind or that person undertakes more and more training, the return on the investment becomes less and less. The more fit the person gets, the harder it is to improve fitness despite even a lot more training. Therefore, everyone, everybody has to or will eventually reach some kind of plateau, but the goal is to delay when that plateau occurs. It's going to occur. The goal is to try not to let it occur or try to have that occur as far out into the future as possible. So just some different ways. And first, we're going to talk about some strength training and some cardiovascular training and how we can manipulate that to improve make or continue to improve in those areas and then a little bit later on I'll talk about nutrition and diet because that's typically what people want to know about they plateau in their fat loss and what can I do about it. so even in a strength training portion of this uh, live broadcast we'll talk about some things that you can do that's going to help you with your fat loss so an area that or a method that we use in our programming so that was systematically making changes is something is called periodization. It maximizes our fitness and performance. It's by structuring our training programs 
into periods or phases of time, use program variations in the training loads and the recovery in, in a cycling fashion. And this allows us to force the body to do what we want it to do. So it involves, a, you know, training stimuluses and one or two of the variables of a time and manipulation of a systematic changing those variables over the course of a training program. And as you change those stimuluses, the body will adapt and change. And this is how we keep from plateauing. We never just make changes just to strictly randomly pull something out of the air and just make a change. We don't want to just simply mix things up because eventually your body's going to get used to that and you're not going to know what to do next. So you need to have a design, program designed specifically with a periodization that's going to guide you and increase your weaknesses and fortify your strengths and will help you stay out of that plateau period for as long as you possibly can. So let me explain a couple of different periodization programs that we use. Um, there's a few different ways. There's a traditional way, which we call linear periodization. So during the training phases, phases that we go along, for example, we program 8, 10, 12 phases as along in our periodization. We don't just create a workout from this workout to the next workout to the next workout. We create a phase of a program with a main goal in mind to increase strength, lose fat, move better, whatever it might be, and to try to hold off that periodization period. So in the linear periodization, in the beginning you're going to do a little lighter intensity with um, high volume, and then as we go along, we're going to decrease the volume and we're going to increase the intensity. So example might be um, three sets of 12 with 15 pound dumbbells and then our next periodization might be three sets of 10 with 20 pound weights and then a little ways down the road we're going to go to three sets of eight with 25. So you notice we're, we're reducing the volume as we go along, but we're increasing the intensity by raising the weights. So it's a linear periodization. So then we have reverse linear periodization in which we start off with the high intensity, lower volume, and we progress to lower intensity and higher volume. So we'd reverse that factor. So we would go from maybe eight reps with 25 pound weights to 10 reps with 20 pound weights to 12 reps with 15 pound weights. So we're lowering the intensity but increasing the volume as we go along. And then the final way that we do it is that we do what we call a nonlinear structure, an undulating periodization, where we change the volume and the intensity from week to week or even from day to day in our programming. That seems to really keep you off of that or holds off that period, that uh, that plateauing effect that can occur. Now it seems ago studies have shown that undulating periodization and linear periodization are the most effective ways for increasing muscular strength, while the reverse linear periodization is effective way to increase muscular endurance. Just a few ideas on how you'd want to manipulate your strength training program to 
starve off that plateau period. So another area we need to take a look at, and the one that's typically overlooked, is recovery. Recovery is very important. So many people focus on the components of the workout, of the heart rate, or times, reps, sets, things like that. But improvement in fitness occurs during the recovery period, not during the workout. When you're finished with your workout, you're weaker, not stronger. You get stronger, you build your muscle mass, you, you, you burn those calories after your workout. So the positive physiological adaptations in, to exercise occur when the alteration between stress and recovery is correctly timed. So you want to make sure that you're matching up the stimulus that you're asking for with the recovery period that's necessary. For example, if you're doing 15 repetitions of an exercise, that's more of a little bit of a high volume type exercise. You would not want to pair that with two or three minutes rest because that's not the type of muscle fibers and energy systems that you're working on. You want to pair that with a shorter rest period. And in turn, if you're lifting weights and you're lifting at six or eight repetitions, you want to have more rest period because you're lifting harder and lifting heavier. So rest during the workout is very important and your rest after your workout, between workouts is also very important. So if you've got a very intense exercise session, lifting weights, and you come back and the next day try to lift again, you're probably not going to get the stimulus that you're looking for because you haven't allowed the body to do the proper rest periods. So there's a number of factors that affect how quickly and completely clients or people recover from their workouts, which include age, training intensity, um, nutrition, stress, and the level of, the car of their cardiovascular fitness. So the most important and most significant factor is age. <laughs> Sorry to say this, but the younger you are, the quicker you're gonna recover and then be able to perform another intense workout. So age is probably the number one factor in recovery. And then number two would be the higher the intensity of the workout, requires the longer rest times, that both during the workout and post-workout. So if you're working real intense in that, that exercise session, you need to have rest periods. If you had really worked intensely in that exercise period, the next time you go to lift again, you need to have plenty of rest to get the right stimulus. And then probably a third factor would be uh, nutrition, uh, lack of nutrition nutrients or uh, a delay in consuming your post-workout. Uh, recovery drink also will slow the process, uh, the adaptations that you're looking for. So nutrition can be very important. We're going to go into nutrition a little bit more um, in a few minutes. But So the next time that you reach a plateau in your strength training where you can't lift any more weights, uh, you can't do any more repetitions, you don't seem to be getting any leaner, you don't seem to see any kind of change in your body, those are some things you can take a look at in your program. You want to gradually and you want to systematically and progressively add training stimulus. So when you go to the gym, each time you want to try to get 1% better than you did the time before. You want to always be thinking about improving when you're going to the gym, not just going through the motions. Just 
I go to the gym, go around the circuits, get on the machines, go around, do the same thing. I had a friend a few years ago that said to me, I've been going to the gym for 20 years, and every day, 5 o'clock in the morning, and nothing changes. I said, well, what have you been doing? And he's been doing the same thing for 20 years, going around those machines with the same weights, the same repetition range, the same rest period, the same nutrition. And, yeah, nothing's going to change because your body is bored and your mind is bored. Everything stays the way it is when it's like that. So let's give you little examples of, like, a, a linear cardiovascular program. So the first phase might be uh, working on aerobic capacity. So you can do high volume with low intensity. And you're going to increase the number of minutes that you work out per week. Uh, your next phase might go to more of an aerobic phase where you're going to start to get a little bit higher volume, but you're going to go to a low or moderate intensity. So you're going to increase that intensity a little bit, and you're going to decrease that volume just slightly for more of an aerobic period. And then we can get into an aerobic power phase which you're going to have moderate intense volume, pardon me, moderate volume. So we're scaling back that volume a little bit. And now we're going to increase the intensity a little bit more. We might do some interval training, four or five reps with three or four minutes at uh, like 90, 90% of your heart rate max with three minutes recovery. So it's a real power phase. You can see there's a lot of recovery there. And then in phase four, you might try some anaerobic capacity. So you're very low volume, very high intensity. Your interval training would be like eight to 10 reps for only 60 seconds as fast as you can. And again, a lot of rest, like two or three minutes of rest. So that was just a straight linear where we took our, our volume was high, intensity was low. And after the three or four phases, we got to a point where the volume was very low, but the intensity was very high. If you were thinking about doing some type of undulating program with your um, cardiovascular work, you would mix those in and out a little bit each of the week. Like um, day one, you might do a um, higher volume, low intensity, and then uh, day two of the week, you might pair that with an aerobic power where you're doing some moderate volume but higher intensity. And then when you come back to the next week, bring in some anaerobic, really anaerobic capacity where we're doing a low volume with very high intensity. And on the final day, we bring the volume back up, which is with low to moderate intensity. So we would plug those four types of workouts in into a two-week period. So undulating and changing rather than staying with one type of workout, like an aerobic capacity workout for three or four weeks in our phase. So does that kind of make sense? We're changing it or undulating it constantly. So we, we do the same thing in our strength training. So you could start off with just a straight linear program where we do a strength training phase where we do some high volume, some low intensity, you know, 15 to 20 reps, lighter bit of weights, not a whole lot of rest. And then phase two, we'd come in with more of a hypertrophy phase where we still do some high volume, but we're going to increase our intensity from low to moderate, um, maybe in the 10 to 12 rep range with about two minutes rest at maximum. And then we come into a phase three for three or four weeks where we would go for um, a low to moderate volume, but a little bit higher intensity. So we're like at six to eight reps. And then our, our last phase would be our power phase would be very low volume and very high intensity. We do two to three repetitions, really working hard, like almost 95% of our one RM, three to five 
minutes rest, so plyometric works. And this would be go again just from a high volume, low intensity, all the way down through our four phases to our low volume, high intensity. And, and each phase might last three or four weeks or about a month's time, time period. If we were talking to um, reverse that, we would start with our power and work our way down through our phases. And if we're going to undulate, we might right within a workout phase have one workout as a muscular endurance, one workout at a hypertrophy, and maybe one workout in the muscular strength range. And each time we came into the gym, we're actually going to change the focus of that particular workout in that phase between those three different types of workouts. Complete undulation, keep the body moving, guessing, trying to adapt, rather than just pulling something out of the air and saying, oh, well, you know what, I hit a plateau, I need to change something. I just need to do something different. You want to make sure that your changes are are for a purpose, for a reason, and they're planned. And you're getting some kind of progressive overload. Have a goal in mind. That's us thinking. Have a goal in mind. I forgot what I was thinking about. So, if we're going through a plateau and we're thinking about we need to take some change, here are some questions you can ask yourself to help you decide where you, what you need to change. So, question one is: What is it about your workouts or your eating habits that feel kind of stale? They feel stale to you. you know, what 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 is something that not exciting you anymore, not pushing you anymore? Uh, what what might have worked well before, and you can try it again. You may have had some success doing something else before, and let's see if we can figure it out and do that over again. Repeat repeat history. Some. What do I want to feel different physically and emotionally with my workouts? So again, what kind of feels stale? What are we looking for? How are we looking to feel when we're done with our workouts? What specific changes do I want to see happen in the body? Again, let's go back to the goal. What are we trying to accomplish? If we, we can't create a plan if we don't know where we're trying to go. We need that goal and we need to reverse engineer it and figure out how we're going to get there. Who can help you with coaching through these changes? Maybe you need to get a friend to keep you more motivated, um, who can support you in your efforts. So these are all the things that you can just kind of question yourself about, see if you can figure out what you can do, where you should start with changing your program. So some other areas that we might want to try to tweak in your program to help you make some changes. And some of these areas right now we're going to talk about is to make body composition changes, not necessarily strength changes or hypertrophy changes nutrition stress management and sleep those three things we're going to take a look at right now so when it comes to nutrition it's not always about being compliant you may be following the plan perfectly but within that plan there may be some nuances that need to change because you've been doing it the same way all the time for example you might not be utilizing a starchy carbohydrate for your post-workout nutrition um, you might be having the same breakfast all the time. Your spacing might be off because um, we want to try to eat throughout the day. 
So there's different areas that you need to take a look at. And probably one of the best things you can do is journal so you can see these things, so you can figure out what it might be. Uh, there are times where you might restrict your calories too much, allowing your body to halt your fat loss. And there might be times like, for example, if you've been losing fat over time and you've lost a significant amount of fat, your caloric intake will be decreasing. The amount of calories you need to maintain your weight should be getting less because you're getting smaller. And if you've stated the caloric intake that was working in the beginning, it may not work anymore because you need fewer calories now to, to maintain your weight. So you need to try to take a look at some of those things um, in, in your nutrition program. Maybe you're not fueling your body correctly before you work out. Um, so this, there's a couple of different areas you can take a look at in your nutrition that uh, can help you break a plateau loss. And I'm going to go through a couple of the tips a little later on, uh, nutrition-wise specifically for that. But I want to talk about stress a little bit. Although stress has no calories, it can really wreak havoc on your body. It can negatively affect your fat loss and your muscle growth hormones. Stress is a key factor in creating a plateau. Um, you got to try different stress relaxation techniques, figure out what's going to work. You got to experiment with that. But it can be as little as 10 to 15 minutes daily to just work on your stress management. I know you might think, oh, you know, that's not what's important. My nutrition is important. Yeah, nutrition is very important. But if you don't have reduced your stress, you're going to create cortisol and you're not going to be fat. So I've seen many times where all we did was help someone start to relax a little bit, take some stress out of their lives, and boom, all of a sudden you start to lose some fat. And the final component here is sleep. And we've talked many times about sleep deprivation. Um, it just forces you to make poor nutritional decisions. It increases your stress level. Sleep is, sleep is just super important for your body to recover. Talked about recovery a few minutes ago. It's real important for recovery. So you need to try to get seven to nine hours a, a day. Yes, there are a few people out there. There are some outliers that can survive and do well with less than seven hours of sleep. But for the most part, we all need seven to nine hours of sleep. So those are those areas we got. Nutrition, stress, and sleep on top of our workout program. All different things to take a look at as we're trying to break those plateaus or slow getting to the plateau. Okay. So I just talked a minute about adjusting your caloric intake. Again, you if you've been losing some fat, the amount of calories you need to maintain your weight is a little bit less now. So you want to take a look at that. You want to take a look at the breakdown of your calories. Um, you want to try to make sure you get plenty of protein in throughout your day. Protein will help you feel fuller. It will help increase your thermal energy um, effect, the amount of calories you burn during nutrition. I mean, during um, um, during digestion. So these are some things that you want to try to take a look at. You want to take a look at eating throughout the day to keep your metabolism up. Because as we lower those calories. We can slow that metabolism down. It's not going to burn the fat anymore. So next thing you take a look at, you can try to increase some fiber. 
want to get 25 or 30 grams of fiber a day, eating a lot of fresh fruits, vegetables, whole grains, things like that. Um, rolled oats, steel oats, nuts, seeds, berries, things that we've talked about before, beans, black beans, peas, chickpeas, all those kind of things, apples, got a ton of fiber in them, going to help you feel full. And there's been some studies that show that if you get up to 30 grams of fiber a day, that is going to help you lose weight, reduce your um, blood pressure, uh, increase your sensitivity to insulin. So all those kind of things are great. So swap those cookies out, swap that other stuff out, start to eat some really good healthy foods for yourself. And another thing we know, we always promote here is that you want to try to have a little bit of a cheat here and there. So if you've been doing real well and all of a sudden stand still, can't lose any fat, that scale is not moving. One thing we urge people to do is actually to have a planned splurge rather than call it a cheat. It's a splurge. Cheat's got a little bit of a negative connotation to it, so we want a splurge. And you're not going to sit down and splurge and eat 3,500 calories, which in theory is one pound of fat. It's just, especially if you've been restricting your calories, you'll be bloated, you'll feel terrible. You're not going to eat 3,500 calories, so you're not going to gain. But what that will do is it's kind of the best way to amp up leptin production and it's eat some more carbohydrates and it's that leptin that makes you feel satisfied and it tells the brain that you're not starving yourself, that you're not restricting calories. So you actually kind of kickstart the metabolism again a little bit by having a cheat or I should say a splurge, maybe a slice of pizza or a burger or something like that, something you haven't had in a long time. It's going to kickstart your nutrition again. I've seen it happen many times. It's going to help you mentally. So we like to have people have a splurge one, two, maybe even three times a week. And that keeps the process going and kind of wards off that plateau that could occur. Uh, we talked a little about eating regularly and uh, every three or four hours to keep that metabolism going, keep your blood sugar levels nice and easy. Always drink plenty of water. Take a look at how much water you're drinking. The very first thing we tell people is to make sure you're drinking half of your body weight in water. Uh, another place to take a look at is maybe you should be drinking a lot of water before you eat to help fill you up a little bit and curb your caloric intake. Um, yeah, I'm pretty sure I hit upon everything that I was going to talk about. There's all different little areas you can take a look at. So... In your nutrition, in your sleep habits, in your recovery, in your exercise phases, make sure everything's planned. These are all different areas to take a look at when you hit a plateau. Write down your exercise program. Write down what you're doing. You can't just go into the facility and go off the top of my head, well, I did 20 pounds this week. Well, how many repetitions did you do? How many sets did you do? If you've been doing those same reps and sets for, for a couple of weeks now, for a couple of workouts in a row, something needs to change. You need to make it a little bit harder somehow. You need to progressively overload that. Write down your food. See, hey, you know what? I am eating a little bit more than I was before. I'm, I'm, I'm missing some snacks in here that I should normally have, or I'm not getting enough protein in. Always diary everything, and you'll be able to see that. That's the data that will tell you what you need to change right from there. And finally, make sure you power through this with confidence. Make sure that you know in your mind you can get it done. 
is a negative attitude will not produce the results you're looking for. You must stay positive. You must know that you can break the plateau if you want, if you're serious about making the changes you want to make. So good luck with that information. I hope he gave you some uh, really uh, usable information for the next time you hit a plateau, what you can do to try to hold off getting to a plateau period so you continue to make the changes and get the results that you're looking for. Actually, I'll give me one little example here. A woman that did our Fit in 42 that got tremendous, tremendous results. Um, kind of plateaued a little bit. She coaches, so her exercise schedule got messed up a little bit. Her nutrition got messed up a little bit. Wasn't quite getting the same results she wanted to get. So she needed to refocus, join our summer sizzle program. That refocus of taking a look at her exercise and the nutrition, all the different areas and the components that we talked about, got her back on track again, and she's losing again, losing some fat again. She's um, going to reach a level in her weight that she didn't think she'd ever be at again. And she's already done that a couple of times now. She's broke through some um, levels, uh, lost some fat that she didn't think she'd ever be able to do. So, again, she just changed some things up. She changed them up with a plan in place and what she wanted to do. And she had some goals in mind. And with those goals, she decided, we decided what changes she needed to make. So, hope that helps. Uh, if not, always give me a call, email me, give me a Facebook message. I'd be more than happy to help you with that. Here to help people. That's what I do. So that's it for this evening. Thanks for watching. Look for more information on how to get fit, feel younger, and live better next Tuesday at 3:30. Have a great night. Thanks.